Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, everything, everywhere, all at once. In the year 2022, everyone else was doing the multiverse wrong. That's right. If you want someone to do it right, you go to Doctor Strange, don't you? Go fuck yourself. And that's a good way to start a podcast. No, that is not today's movie because we have, um, when I started, I, I thought we'd be like doing a third superhero films and there's just, there's nothing to say. Yeah, we've done like four episodes and like even by Spider-Man 2, we were just like running out of things to say about superhero films. <laughs> is today's movie kind of a superhero film or does it like just skirt that out the window? I don't, it's not a superhero film. It's, yeah. It's, Unless you call Lucy a superhero film. If you, if you. I mean, if it's this better is a than superhero that. film, then like Jet Li's The One is a superhero film or whatever. You could argue that if you wanted to. You could argue everything is a superhero film if you wanted to. Oh, that's a if challenge. If it features a hero who does something above and beyond. Caligula? <laughs> oh, do you know this movie? I'm vaguely aware of the concept of Caligula. But yeah. oh, okay, they made a movie. Um, it, was, uh, it was about ni- uh, 1980. It was uh, funded by like the penthouse owner or something. Mm. So it, they got actors, got like Malcolm McDowell, uh, I want to say Helen, Mirren, Helen Mirren or someone of that caliber, I can't quite remember. So they made a movie, you know, about Caligula, Roman drama, relatively big budget. And it's like, I need some, I need some fucking bush in the movie. And they just shot a bunch of hardcore porno and like inserted it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'd say that's a superhero film. I know, that's a, yeah. You seen the dicks on those porn guys? They're superheroes. There, I should like edit the part where I explained it, except I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the film we're actually doing is Everything Everywhere All at Once. And this is a very new film and there's a chance you haven't seen it. In which case, I'm going to do for you what everyone did for me, and I'm very glad they did, which is say, turn off this podcast and go and watch the film. (laughs) It's not like anything you've seen before. It's really good. Hmm. It's funny, and it's heartfelt, and it's exciting. Um, It's, yeah, it's the best film I've seen in a while. You get it watched. Get it watched as unspoiled as you can, and then come back to this podcast. Yeah, which I think both of us managed to do. Yeah, I, I knew very little going in. All I knew was it has Michelle Yeoh and it does something about multiverses. Basically same. Yeah. <laughs> which is exactly what I wanted. I was Well, I assumed that she was going to, you know, do some kung fu in it, which she does. Oh, yeah, it's Michelle Yeoh. So. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if she shows, I mean, even, what is she now, 60 or something? It's like, yeah. is that is that wrong of her to still expect her us to... Do you mean, is that wrong of us? Yeah, for us to I would expect, expect it of, like, Jack Chan and Jet Li. I don't expect Jackie Chan to do anything anymore. If I see Jackie Chan in a film and he doesn't do Kung Fu, I want my money back. I, can he do Kung Fu anymore? Yeah, he can do Kung Fu. You've seen Wise Old Masters, they can do Kung Fu. Okay, good. Good for him. Anyway, I definitely expect to see Michelle Yeoh do some Kung Fu. Yeah. So, I'm just wondering if that's if I'm expecting too much by expecting that. 
I mean, that's what she's built her brand on. She can't do kung fu anymore. Okay. She can just sit on the iceberg and fly out to sea. I mean, she can act too. That's good. So we got. She's got that going for her. <laughs> I. This is an unequivocal statement about all films ever. I would prefer good kung fu to good acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what the uh, the Wu Tang Kung Fu channel on YouTube is for. Yep. I don't think they need a plug, but I mentioned <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> Although I did take down my favorite film. It's something where it's just like incoherent sword fighting for two hours mm -hmm. and then whenever a sword fighting start and someone would say two lines and then without any warning people would just start sword fighting again it was it was the best movie i've seen and it's not there anymore this is a statement which i stand by i think um every oscar winner since the oscars started would have been improved if you replaced the two leads with jet lee and jean-claude van damme <laughs> and put a kung fu fight in the middle yeah, sure why not <laughs> so i'm gonna give you a little um behind the scenes of that joke i just made I, I bought it just as you said it, but go for it. Uh, before I said every Oscar movie ever, I was going to say Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I'm making it, I'm like, is this in poor taste? I should switch to another film. And the only other film I could think of was Sophie's Choice. <laughs> like, no, I kind of want to get away from doing this joke about a Holocaust film. <laughs> well, I, I, I first thought of Casablanca, which I don't believe actually won any Oscars. Hmm. Did it? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. It's a good movie. Probably on editing or some bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So this one, yeah, yeah. I just, I am. Um, what's the what's what is the image that you took away from this film then? Well, are we assuming people have stopped? Stopped now? They should have by now. This is your last warning. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um. Hmm. The like single image that I took away. I could say mine. I think it would be the montage where she's fighting her daughter at the end and you're seeing like it's cutting so quickly between different realities but the movements are staying imperfect mm. what's yours? hot dog fingers okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I see I, I feel so strongly about that I assumed it was obvious but maybe not <laughs> but no. not toes that doesn't make sense I mean not that it needed to make sense but right. yeah, that's part of the charm of the movie it, yeah. not, that's the thing if you complain about anything in the movie not making sense it like uh, it kind of like bolsters the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I actually think the film it, it, it's logic holds pretty strongly throughout mm. well it holds it's, logic through illogic with with a, a little a few ground rules right yeah yeah it, it, it creates its own rules and sticks to them and makes perfect sense it's just what it is is wacky I even avoided like looking into the origin of this film I uh, looked into it after I watched it okay then you have to do that part because I didn't do that it's um so oh well, okay there is an interesting point there so the two creators <laughs> daniels which is daniel kwan and daniel the other one um they apparently started coming up with the concept as far back as like 2010 hmm. and wrote it writing it in like 2016. Um, they wrote it as a jackie chan film uh no it worked better this way okay oh yeah and then yes yeah, but um oh yeah I, I really like it as a michelle Yeoh film if it had been a Jackie Chan film, then you would really be comparing it to the one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the, um, you know, the husband would be like some, would would be a wife, I guess, yeah. most likely. So I don't maybe, know. Maybe they, they wrote that version. Michelle Yeoh signed on as the wife. They're like, actually, let's just make the film about her. She's better. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if that's the way it worked out, because I, I kind of like that. That um, yeah, yeah, it just kind of works out that way. But yeah, I think had it been a Chan movie, it would have leaned more into the action sci-fi angle mm. what's great about this version is that oh, we just did the podcast on summer wars this has the same strength where the whole sci-fi concept 
is actually just dressing around quite a small family story. Mm-hmm. It was actually you're meant to like, latch onto. So in the end, there's like several different families that you're supposed to latch onto. But it's still, it's you know just an er version of her and an er version of her. Daughter. I guess the point is you don't have to choose one of them. So yep. <laughs> you can just like let all those family stories kind of lie there how you want them to. Mm. Um, people have been warned thrice now because this is the third warning. So you wanna you wanna do your story? I I will attempt. Evelyn Kwon Wong is an uber-busy mother with a struggling laundromat, a sappy husband, a lesbian daughter, and a disapproving dad. Her husband from another dimension pops in to recruit her and teaches her a technique, through doing improbable things, for acquiring skills from her alternate selves. Together they learn kung fu, culinary skills, and more. Evelyn first works to battle Jobu Tupaki, then, later, realizing it's her daughter, to understand her. In an inter- infinite multiverse, they tackle the big question, does anything matter? And that, Matthew, is how you take the gist of a plot without mentioning every single scene. So yeah, I like the I I asked about the behind the scenes because I was like, I'm not even sure what country this movie was from. Uh, so I wasn't until the end credits. So then it's giving you like the English and Chinese credits. There was a bit of a a crossbreeding by national whatever. There is a word and I couldn't remember it. Yeah, it's between American production company and a Chinese production company. But like the Russo brothers were involved in producing it. Um, mm. The Daniels, I think one of them's American, one of them's Chinese or something. Uh, yeah, it's a bit inter intercultural. So we're kind of in Cloud Atlas territory again, because that was yeah, well, that like, was Korean. That was, oh, in German. Yeah. Yeah. No, this um, this is <clears> going back to that first wave of like Michelle Yeoh movies, right? Where it was these Chinese movies with some American money thrown into them. I guess this is the other way around. It's an American movie with some Chinese money thrown into it. But that's all the American films. What are the American Michelle Yeoh films? I have this weird thing where I actually watched all the Hong Kong ones. And I oh, think no, I... but those Hong Kong ones were being made in like cooperation with America and like those directors and actors then moved over right so I'm thinking like Crouching Tiger Hero oh no no I'm thinking earlier in that I'm thinking like um, the, the trio I forget what the name of the trio is though 
I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, it's like a 1990 film with Michelle Yeoh and two two other badasses like slice, slicing and dicing. Oh, I think I know what you mean, but yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, sorry. Someone also angrily hit their phone and throw it mm. across the room and tweet to us that, but uh, or or you'll do what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I guess most recently I followed her little trip through Discovery, which I felt like they didn't do a good job with her character at all on Discovery, but she was really like good. like three different backdoor pilots for the Section 13 show, no one wants. Yeah, and now it's like, <laughs> I guess it's clear nobody wants it. Anyway, that was the weird, like, flip there. I'm like, she's really good, she's but good in everything, this yeah. is just a, not a good character. But I still, you still enjoy watching her. Like, she doesn't fit here. It doesn't make sense, but she's doing a fantastic job with it, so... Mm. I, I don't mean that as, like, backhanded... That's a real compliment, right? Yeah. Like, they gave her shit, and she made something, like, watchable out of it. So... But here, of course, she is not being given shit, so she shines like starshine, sunshine. So yeah, no, she's um, really good in this, and it's... So I'm obviously just, you know, a white guy with a white family, but um, I have know a lot of and have seen a lot of media from people who did grow up as, you know, children of immigrants in America. Heroic trio. It's what? not on your phone. I just remembered. I think it's a okay. rogue trio. Okay. I can see Holy Weapon and Executioners. Is that, was that the name of the trio and then they did a bunch of films? I think Heroic Trio is the name of the movie. Okay, because I'm seeing a bunch of films where it's her and two other chicks okay. seemingly doing cool stuff. Well, that's obviously something you want to see her do. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that I use the word chicks too much. I don't see it as like a thing, but maybe it is. Mm. To me, it's just like you call males dudes and you call females chicks. <laughs> She's just a broad. Is that what you're saying? No. No, okay. Just checking. That's what I'm just checking. not saying and going out of my way to try not to say. And then I did it. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, other people... Oh, you're checking out the heroic tree, are you? I just went... There, yes, I... You don't okay. have to give them a running commentary of what I'm Googling, Matt. I can I'm multitask. I'm staring at what you're doing. That's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really like... I watched that, like, several times in the 90s and not since, so I should probably watch it again sometime. Okay. <laughs> Uh, other people in this movie, the the husband, uh, I, I guess he could have been played by Jackie Chan. Sure, it would have worked, but uh, yeah, Kei Huai, hey, I'm not good at Chinese names. Kei Huai Quan plays uh, Waymond Wong. Anything else we need to consider him from? Oh, I, I feel like I recognized his face. Yes, yeah, I did. Oh my God! Wait, wait. Is he short round? No. Yeah, he's short round. Holy shit, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, That's where we, we right. know him from. Well, I, I, Indiana Jones, the Now Goonies. I like this movie twice as much all of a sudden. <laughs> now I have to watch it again because I know that short round now. Holy Amazing, shit. yeah. We already liked it. Now <laughs> we have to give it another review just because Well, it really round. does seem that he just like disappeared for 30 years and came back and did this. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> and the Goonies, we'll give him the Goonies. Because I watched the Goonies. Yeah, so he did like... Yeah. Back in the 80s, he did Indiana Jones, The Goonies. Apparently he's in Antino Man. And then he just disappears for 30 years, comes back and does that. Wow. What a career. That, he's well, a superstar. That is a real superstar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> California Man slash Encino Man, of course, famous for introducing the well-known game, um, <laughs> Radmobile. Right, okay. How, how about Joy? Joy. Um, oh, I'm not actually on the list anymore. I was on the people also search. She's not no. useful. No, I me. just saw her face. Stephanie Sue. I, I don't feel I recognized her. Oh, but... she's also in Shang Chi. Oh, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, you got to watch that. That's 
Maybe I have to watch it. We, we've, it's we've, fine. I don't know. I, had... I, I, I take that back. It's not quite a you have to watch it thing. Okay. But... We've, we've been having detailed conversation about Marvel Burnout, so mm-hmm. um, that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's like she's done a lot of TV and film, but you know, none of it is the sort of films me and you watch. I mean, let's face it, tonight it could be Thor, it could be Elvis. I'm like, ah, Elvis. That's... She's done a lot of rom-coms and dramas and stuff, but she hasn't done any films where she, you know, karate like... chops dudes. So okay. why would I watch any of those other films? <laughs> Um, I guess the last person would be the, not the, the, the tax lady. Oh, that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Crap, is it? I didn't even recognize yeah. her. Okay. <laughs> I didn't either, actually, until the credits. But yeah, okay. yeah that's Jamie Lee it's, Curtis. It's like a few years ago when I watched, uh, what was it that, um, uh, Kate Winslet was in where I didn't recognize. Oh, the Steve Jobs movie, yeah. Okay. It, it, I didn't realize that was Kate Winslet until it was like over, so. Ah. I just did that with Jamie Lee Curtis. That's surprising. Okay, that well, that explains why that character works. Because hmm. it really, I was even watching the movie. Why is this even like working? This shouldn't be working. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cause she's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that 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 helps explain it. It's a, I guess it's a wig, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and then also you had the dad, um, who I've just seen playing the dad in a bunch of films where there's a Chinese dad. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James Hang, I think his name is. James Hong, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He just got a Hollywood star, I believe, because he's been everything. He's like, he's one of the, he's the hardest working man in show business for real. He's right. been in like 6,098 movies. <laughs> well, you go on his, on Google, and it's just, here is all the films with a Chinese character in them. Big Trouble in Little China, Kung Fu Panda, Mulan. <laughs> well, he's old. He's doing all the voice roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an accent, so <laughs> Chinatown. No, he. <laughs> the fact that he only just got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is ridiculous. Because as you are looking at right now, he's been in everything for fifty years. Yeah, it's it's the kind of actor he just like. Uh, he, he like if he's not working, I guess he's like I'm not doing my job. You know. Okay, I've just discovered the film which we are doing a podcast on very soon. The Swordsman 2 Gladiator Cop. <laughs> oh, right. Like I said, the man will do anything. 1995. An ex-detective, Lorenzo Lamas, the reincarnation of Alexander the Great, faces an enemy he executed 2,000 years ago. Do they, oh, they call it action. Okay, we'll call it sci-fi because he's a gladiator cop, which is mixing different sciences <laughs> of law enforcement. Or, or do gladiators do law enforcement? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stretch it like bubblegum if I need to. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Groovy acting around. We just got, like, double surprised by not doing our research in, until we were on air. Yep. So. Yeah. That's why we do this, man. <laughs> you, get, you get to be surprised with us. Yep. Or you get to be like, what a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah. Well, at least two dumbasses. Or, like... What a pair of racists who can't recognize famous actors because they're Chinese. <laughs> I recognize James Hong. I, I was just you know, it's just only, yeah, it's only short round we didn't recognize. Okay, uh, you uh, can't blame us for not knowing about um, Swordsman 2 Gladiator Cop. No. Blame society for not teaching us about Swordsman 2 Gladiator Cop sooner. Maybe it's I was saying there, I, I didn't say anything because I was like, is it James Hong or James Wong? I couldn't quite remember. Mm. So I should, that's my whole point. I should remember, like, we should all know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be. Literally in everything for the past 50 years. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Do we move on? Do we talk about, like, like the the movie in realsies now? I guess so. Like, the fact, we haven't said much about the actors because they all play, like, 20 different roles across this (laughs) film and nail all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They do a great job, those four main leads. There, I mean, there are other actors around the edges, but it's mostly just those four carrying the film. Well, again, uh, yeah, because... It's basically Michelle Yeoh carrying the film. Yeah, but, 
they have, but they're having conversations where the, the sentences are like broken into different characters. That yeah, <laughs> have to deliver them in different ways, but still like get the message across. Which, yeah, 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 it's very well done. I mean, that's that's partly that's working with your director too, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously a pretty wild tightrope to walk when you're doing that. I would not have wanted to have to be the guy that made this movie by any means. Mm. Although I would like to, I'd like to be the guy that had made this movie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that is making this movie i should say <laughs> yeah like i don't want to be the guy who gets who is getting buff i want to be the guy who has already gotten buff <laughs> yes exactly Four, you are on the air. So this film is about they traveled between universes, but they're just inhabiting the other body. And then sometimes they can access abilities from themselves in other universes. On top of that, since you're on, the way they make the connection is by doing something very improbable, so that only one of the universe would have done it. Right. There you go. That's that's the the freaky core of this film. <laughs> yeah, doing the weirdest thing possible leads to you learning kung fu. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, the guy, the main like universe hoppers from the alpha universe, they have some guys in the chair back in their original universe who will calculate like here's something probably you can do that will let you access this skill. But even the but guys Michelle, in the jail screw up in the end, right? You have to go yeah. with intuition. But that's you it. When Michelle Yeoh doesn't have that access, so she's just like, I'm just going to keep doing weird things and see what I can access. <laughs> and she ends up accessing kung fu and singing, but also, like, you know, hot dog fingers and everything else. <laughs> Is that how we ended up in Japan, like, for long term? By just doing weird, unexpected crap? <laughs> that's how I lived most of my life, to be fair. But... Um, you're, if you wouldn't mind getting your phone, uh, there's there's a book about an idea from a few years ago, mm. uh, Transurfing. Transurfing. It's a Russian author. Mm. Uh, the book was extremely popular in Russia. It was translated and didn't do quite as well. And th- this is Russia six years ago, so we don't need to really attach any politics to this. Right. But just the idea that um, we are always shifting through dimensions and that's what this movie is that's why i'm bringing the idea up i feel like Mm. the trans surfing philosophy is very close um okay well that's also where like all the um that's it the what you call it mandela effect stuff right people are just shifting in and out of universes well the thing with mandela effect is uh, that's that's 
Yeah, you know, I, you know I, I, I love conspiracy theory. I'm not saying that way, but that's a conspiracy theory. It's like, things mm-hmm. are being done to me, man. Things are being done to us, man. Right. They are changing reality around us because they they invoked Baphomet when, at CERN, and now and now <laughs> I have my Berenstain Bears, you know? I, I think and, that's the most extreme version. That's not all of it. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm A lot of it is the, just like, oh, I think maybe I woke up in another universe at some point. The point of the trans-surfing is that every decision you make is taking you into a different universe right, yeah, by the yeah. end of this podcast whatever you and i are talking at the moment will be in very different universes mm. and that you can kind of you know try and like take your hand on the reins a little bit and and move where you're going to go which i guess people that are happier in life intuitively know a way to get their hand on the reins and in mm. this movie we're watching what the worst version of michelle yo that's what she's told this yes. is the worst you there is which honestly i feel like you could get a lot worse if you needed well, the, to. it wasn't a serious <laughs> it's the what the fact is it's the one who's failed at so many things mm. but that means that she's connected to the version where she did those things yeah um, she's the version of herself who's had a lot of I want to do this and then not quite done it she's had all the failures to learn from yes yeah but that's where again it becomes interesting with the, the trans serving thing which if you read the book it's like 700 pages you'll 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 destroy your mind reading it as I did but <laughs> I, mean, I just picked a mole on my leg and I'm now pissing blood Oh, I picked, <laughs> I picked this bug bite on my arm, and I've been bleeding blood for yeah. a while. You're up. Oh, you're bleeding more than me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Luke's more of a bleeder. <laughs> Mine's something I shouldn't have picked. Are you that. pouring tea on it? I'm I shouldn't have picked this bug bite either. Sweat on it. Probably isn't much yeah, it's summer, man. Summer wars against the scabs on your body. Mm. Sorry, wrong podcast. Okay, back to um, Gory trans serving. But the idea is like, yeah, and 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 by doing weird things, might is often the way to do that. Mm. Like. Okay, have I ever, like, really, like, explained in detail how I ended up in Japan? Not really. Okay. It kind of sounds like you just winged it. Huh? You, you just sort of make it sound like you just sort of stumbled here. Well, the story's not going to change that, but I can go into yeah. specifics. So. Go on, then. You know, I just felt the need to get... I felt always felt the need not to live in my hometown, which is Atlanta. Mm. So I went to university about 100 kilometers away. It's Athens. My first full-time job was working the next state over... Uh, environmental education then I did it in like New York and then a little farther Maine and then I came back to Athens I live with my buddy Devin who I do need to get on the show at some point but uh yeah like and I had a dream that I was working in Melbourne Australia hmm. back back close to home and I was like that's interesting maybe I could do that so I got on the internet and it seemed really difficult and I gave up and somehow ended up um with it's, it's working Korea teaching Korea and I did an interview, and they actually uh, hired me. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather do Japan. So then I did the same search for Japanese places, you know, did my interview, and two months later was flying over. Huh. So it was all based on this dream that didn't even connect with the reality that happened in the end. So it was like doing nonsensical things, mm-hmm. like this movie. So that's where it kind of resonates, I guess. And that's where the trans-surfing idea kind of, like, really sticks in my mind. Right. Yeah, in this film, it's not necessarily that you're constantly changing realities. It's that your reality is the one based on all the decisions you've made. But each of those decisions did create another reality. I guess think of all of reality as but like... I guess that's, it's, it's a moot point. They both basically mean the same thing. Well, think of all of reality as like a, a big, non-linear, non-temporal sphere. Mm. And you're, you come into reality at one end of the sphere, and you're kind of moving around. You go a little left, you go a little right. How you move to the other side of the sphere, is, it, there's you know, infinite possibilities. You're, you're moving through the same sphere. That's reality, right? Mm. But um, how you do that is up to you. You could do it intentionally. You could do it um, intuitively. You could 
just let it happen to you and see what how where that goes which i guess is probably what most of us do so <laughs> but yeah all reality you know again that's well just the title of the movie again i'm I, I was about to say the title of the movie in a different way so i have trouble remembering the title of this movie everything every, everywhere all at once i wanted you to let me try but i feel like i see i think i would have screwed it up if you'd let me try yeah yeah i didn't we're not in that rally okay move on <laughs> Okay. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Go, go, go. Because the part that I find interesting of this film is the... Because what the daughter eventually... The reason that she becomes the supervillain is because realising that every decision, both decisions happen anyway. Is it microaggressions? They kind of, I feel like this kind of suggests that it's the microaggressions that really get her going. Possibly, but she decides that... She, that just makes her realise nothing matters. Mm. She's fully black-pilled. Um... <laughs> existential like complete what's the word for it lost no 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 there's a word for this feeling of just like nihilistic nihilism yeah it's complete like absolute nihilism yeah um which is a conclusion you can take from like because i've often thought about when people suggest that reality well, whenever i see some sci-fi that gives up multiple realities and the point is like every decision you make the other decision creates a reality um that just makes you think well then making the decision is pointless which, that's the point. She's that's the point. Yeah. She's going so far in the other direction that she kind of gets it. She knows how this works, right? Mm. She can do it, but she doesn't have. She doesn't care know, about any of it. She's lacking like focus and intent. You yeah. know, <laughs> because then yeah, turn, we find out that she wasn't trying to kill her mother. She was trying to create another version of. She was trying to get her mother to free her mind in the same way, mm. so that she could share it with someone. Mm. Um, and then there's the moment where she says, you know, oh, I was hoping you'd, like see it a different way <laughs> at that point they're both equally nihilistic <laughs> I mean you could have as much truth as you want and know the depths of everything you're not going to be able to tell someone else and have them get it yeah they, they, they're absolutely going to have to figure it out on their own it's impossible yeah. for you to convey those those thoughts and processes what, because at that point the film seems incredibly bleak and dark right <laughs> but then what the mother actually learns and what is the sort of I guess you'd say like the happy ending is yeah nothing matters unless you decide it matters yeah and you can just decide it matters <laughs> that's fine too and i think that is true right well that's buddhism that's compassion that's the point of compassion compassion yeah. makes things matter if you have no compassion then nothing matters and joy joy was without joy i mean the name kind of starts hitting you over the head from the start of the movie right yeah. <laughs> but people often argue about like you know what matters what doesn't and it's like the simple answer is what matters is what people decide matters mm. Right. Like, like the old, if a tree falls down in the forest, does it make a sound? Yeah. Does anyone care? No. I mean, I rant to people all the time, kind of knowing it doesn't matter that much. It's the mm. rant that's just, I mean, people are like, are oh, you getting pissed off? I'm not getting pissed off, I'm just ranting. Because mm -hmm. it just, you know, seems like the fun thing to do at the moment. <laughs> but when those people are employers... <laughs> and they come to me and say, I think that's really upset. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but in general, I mean, usually, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, well, look what I'm doing. <laughs> Going through different phases of uh, reality, right? So, mm. <laughs> your thought. It doesn't matter.
So this film is at an odd place in history because this is a film that's genuinely and interestingly about the concept of the multiverse. But we're at a point in time where a lot of people are discovering the multiverse through Marvel. But Marvel is not interested in the interesting concept of the multiverse. They're interested in further ways to leverage their branded properties, right? <laughs> like, the big thing that they've done with the multiverse is bring back Spider-Man actors, have some cameos from the X-Men. Like, they're not interested in, like, this fascinating concept of, you know, here's a, yet another way that our world is small and inconsequential. They're interested in, like, remember this from when you were kids? Give us cash! <laughs> well... Okay, that is one thing where the last Spider-Man movie, and um, if you didn't watch that, I guess I'm going to spoil a bit there, but it's been a few months. Um, mm. Like, So the way they do it is magic, everyone forgets, but right. he's kind of in a multiversic thing at the end where he's ended up in a place he did not start. Mm, true. Like, it, like, maybe if they had actually spelled that out as he is now in a different universe, it would have had more resonance. I don't know. I, I think that scene had a lot of resonance. It did. I'm just, um, I'm just the, saying that... Well, I took to see it the third time I saw that film in the okay, theater. I'm, I'm just pulling her eyes out. Yeah, no, I'm just asking from the... Just because you mentioned how Marvel is doing the multiverse, is that a missed opportunity? Possibly, but again, then they still kind of want to have him around to show up in their films again, because that's their actual goal. Yeah, okay, um, good point. But yeah, like, the, the, main re the only reason they introduced the multiverse into that film was so that you could have those fun um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire cameos. <laughs> which don't get me wrong, I loved, right? I'm a big Spider-Man mark, that shit landed for me. But it's still, it's not actually interesting sci-fi or anything, or even interesting filmmaking, it's just fan service. <laughs> but sometimes I'm a fan who wants to be serviced. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I okay, that happens, so. Right, um, and then yeah, Doctor Strange again, because you sold it to me, it's like, Oh yeah, Spider-Man was the fan service, but this one uses the multiverse for some trippiness. Mm -hmm. oh, really? I I think I was really just like I was There's the guy like that one montage at the start where it has a couple of fun visuals. I was and then guy that went in and was just like, I'm getting this much Raimi. Maybe that yeah. made it multiverse. I'm like, oh, the Raimi verse is here. Like at we the got end, we got zombies and you know Strange weird possesses his own corpse. That was pretty cool. Speak you know things that actually look like stop motion, you know, yeah. dancing zombie ballerinas. You know, which we haven't. You know, it's Evil Dead, right? So. But the main actual multiverse thing that that film does is have a bit where you see Professor X and Black Bolt and Reed Richards, and it's like, okay, yeah, more Marvel bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas here's a film where what it does with the multiverse is actually explore the nature of choice and consequence in an interesting way. Mm. And let Michelle Yeoh act her fucking socks off. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it uses it in a far more interesting way here. Yeah, yeah, no, with, with no doubt. Um, because I'm sitting here, like, I can't, re I can only remember, like, three things that happened in The Last Doctor Strange. So, mm. it, it, de it definitely kind of, like, falls away like water. Yeah, I can remember that cameo scene. I can remember him possessing his own corpse. And I guess I can remember the first confrontation with Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here, I guess, you know, the hot dog fingers is what sticks to me most. But I can certainly remember, like, many iterations. Yeah, well, Many I contradictory also... ones that are confusing and, you know, narratively don't make sense. Because it's the multiverse, so why would another universe make sense in the context of the one you've been watching? But then also, I have a, a very, like, real image of her character's... Like, her character's multiple different character arcs that she goes through as different versions of herself throughout this film. Um... Yeah, like, this is a story first and foremost. And then it use, has spectacle to tell its story. Uh, it's also really funny. Oh, yeah, for no, sure. People who were telling us about it weren't, didn't sell it to me that way. Mm. 
everyone was like, oh, it doesn't look like anything else, and it's really amazing, and I, that is all true. But also, it, it uses that to be incredibly dumb in places. <laughs> like you keep mentioning the hot dog fingers. There's also the fact that the sort of ultimate end of the world weapon that the bad guy has made is an everything bagel with literally everything <laughs> all possible reality on it. <laughs> oh, also, designer fanny pack. It's cool now. If you can do kung fu with you it. You put some rocks in, you kick some ass. Go on then. <laughs> Take your fanny pack off and I'll still kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> got Italian leather. Oh, I wouldn't have bought that expensive one. My wife was like, oh, get this one. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> your one has Italian leather? Yeah, it's Italian made. It's I a see. designer fanny pack, which he had in the movie, I think. He I kicked some because, real ass Because it's got that big cheaper red section on it. I just always assume that you've got it from like Daiso. <laughs> no, this, this, I don't even want to tell you how much this thing costs. <laughs> At least when you blow stupid money on guitars, guitars are actually cool. Okay, the guitars are cooler, that's sure. No matter how expensive your guitar is, it's not going to offset how lame you look with a fanny pack. <laughs> Designer or a fun bag one. for our British listeners. Mm. <laughs> fanny pack is something very different in English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm packing some fanny now. If people you do that, sure, why not? Yeah, I pack fanny every other weekend, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> other avenues. I mean, that, that's the thing talking about this movie. You can... You can once you once you grab onto one reality, you can follow it to its bitter end, I guess. You just have to grab onto I mentioned on. it briefly at the start. There is a big angle that neither of us is really equipped to talk about. Where it gets into, like, the relationship between her and her daughter. And, like, the, it, I think the point of using the parallel universes is that they do come from such different worlds. Mm. Where she was born in China, moved to America as an immigrant. Her daughter is born in America and is very American. Right. Um, and, yeah, they might as well be in different universes. And I think it probably is... I mean, I felt emotionally invested in that storyline as, like I said, a guy who's not from any of those backgrounds. So for someone who actually lived that life, I think there might be some extra resonance there that yeah. we're not getting. Yeah, I popped over to Japan. My daughter's growing up Japanese, so <laughs> I guess that's where things going on, so... Yeah. Hmm. yeah there will definitely be things that she just will never quite understand. Yeah. And then, on it. Uh, no, and, and vice versa. Exactly. And some things where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if my kid got into this? And oh, she's not into that. That's fine. She's yep. into something else. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I live with that. So if someone's excited about something and it's, you know, not harmful, what's, what's the problem? Mm. <laughs> so, hmm? also, um, so this film, huh. This can't be a particularly Chinese production, now that I think about it. Time no, it's not time travel. No, but it's got a big old lesbian relationship in it. Oh, yeah. Disney usually has to cut their gay kisses out of their films for their release <laughs> in China. Like, That's well, good. go back to Doctor Strange, right? That had a lesbian relationship, which you see for, like, two seconds and can easily be edited around, <laughs> right? Yeah. Would, would gay kisses be a good vaporwave song? It, it probably already is a vaporwave song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> yeah, so now, yeah, now you've got me even more intrigued about the production of this film because it, the credits definitely made it seem like it had some Chinese backing. And then, and then, I'm really not the sure. Di you know, the dialogue definitely, especially in the first third of the film, is like just like going in and out of language, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is the experience of people who grow up in like a bilingual household as immigrants, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I've talked to, I was dating a girl from the Philippines and she's like trilingual basically. Mm. Um, 
and she couldn't understand how I live with just one language. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just, I just speak the same language with my friends that I do with my boss, that I do with my parents, that I do with my grandparents. But to me, there's like those, even though I'm speaking the same language, I'm speaking four very different ways to those people. Whereas she interprets that as she speaks four completely different languages for different groups. It was yesterday we were in the car, and I, I apologize, I can't quite remember what was said. Mm. But, um, Good anecdote then. Yeah. The, the whole point <laughs> is though, my wife was saying something to my daughter and was going to say it in Japanese. I think it was like what was special about that. Uh, maybe, maybe it was a movie she saw or something. But mm. So she turns to her and says in like English, right. and I'm sitting there like, what are you talking about? Because she meant to say in Japanese and have Hana respond. Yeah. But said it in English. And, I'm, and both of us are... Hana understood it. She understands yeah. so much English, but she assumed that it was addressed to me because it was in English. Right. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? So <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Just just to, I mean, I don't know. Is that, is that a worthwhile anecdote? Sure, Matt. There is no, okay. there is no worthwhile anecdote. We're all Did black you girls. think it mattered? I don't know. Nothing matters. That's what right. we said. Then, no, it wasn't. This whole yeah. podcast is pointless. Matt keeps starting segments and pointing the microphone at me. He hasn't asked me if I'm ready. He hasn't suggested what I'm supposed to talk about. He just assumes I'm going to go. That's what we usually do. I guess so. <laughs> but he does it while I'm clearly looking something up. <laughs> I was staring at an iPad screen, dude. Um, I have, I'm having a little trouble kind of like gauging the cultural impact of this movie having come out, what, a month or two ago? Mm. I don't quite remember. What the, it was after Doctor Strange, right? Uh, it released March 11th. That's before Doctor Strange. Okay. So, yeah, but I, I mean, it didn't release, like, in every theater in the country, I'd imagine, right? I, I don't I don't know. And, and part of the, my I don't know is going to be tempered by the fact that this seemed this has a massive social media splash, right? Uh, yeah, it's had... At least in my It's circles. had a huge impact on the people who've seen it. Right. But it doesn't feel like everyone's seen it. Okay. Maybe it's because of what, you know, I'm being shown from Facebook, right? They, right, show, yeah, me, yeah. they show me my echo chamber. Yeah, and of the, course the three I'm into people this you talk to are really into this. I've seen ten people that are really into this. Yeah. But, like, you and I have gone down a few, I think, interesting, you know, tangents. Uh, my mm. pointless anecdote is notwithstanding. But um, <laughs> it's like, I feel like if it, people should talk about it more if they saw it. Yeah, I, well, it's made like 93 million. 
That's really good. Yeah, but that's not like this a Marvel movie. No, it's right? not, that's but the what's the budget on this one? It's the budget's not that big. Uh, I believe I think it's a pretty small budget. Budget twenty five million. Yeah. That, so this is more profitable than a Marvel movie. Percentage wise, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about like how much you spent versus how much you get back. Okay. This is this is actually more successful. It's just on a smaller scale, right? Yeah, but if I film something on my phone for a pound and sell it to you for 50 pounds, that makes me, like, the most profitable movie maker of all time. If you convince me to buy it for me for 50 pounds, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your point is, Matt. The point, yeah, but in terms of cultural impact, it's just the sheer number of people, mm. not percentage-wise to the budget. That's irrelevant. Well, I'm just saying it looks like it's a very successful film on... But, like, no, but this, what, this, what I'm seeing this film as is this is the argument for I wish like Disney had less of a hold over cinema because well, like when you go to a theater and it's just got all eight screens are showing four showings of Doctor Strange every day, <laughs> right? How are people even discovering a film like this? Right. Well, we've lamented the loss of the, the mid-budget blockbuster. Right, which is what this should have been, right? And well, which, this is, well, it is. Well, it is. I was about to say, this actually is has a... Has it busted uh, any blocks is the question. Yeah, well, uh, based on budget versus... That, that's my point of budget versus intake so far, right. profit. Yeah. It, it did. Mm. So it at least, like, you know, by its own standards was successful. If you're going, if you're taking Marvel movie standards, yeah, I this know, is I still know. like... A, this is still a squib. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's enough that we'll get more films of this. I should hope so. I mean, it's not like we're not. Like, you know, we did upgrade a couple of weeks back. That's a great example of one. Yeah, I feel like that was a little lower budget, though, wasn't it? Possibly. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just that... I mean, if you can start, do it that way. Until we started this podcast, I wasn't looking hard mm. enough for these films. Mm. And now I am, and we're actually finding some. Yes. Yeah, I mean, what, what goes in that? Color, I've put a color out of space in that bin, for sure. Mm. Uh, like you said, upgrade. Yeah, even Annihilation is... I mean, it's a little bigger, but not mm. mega big. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they are creeping out. And, we're, of course, we're just talking about from the, uh, the mm. sci-fi perspective. But I, here, I but. guess we're, we're twisted from the fact that we're in Japan. So, if we're going by what comes out in the theaters, it is just the mega budget releases that make it yeah yeah I don't know what's playing in those back rooms I think this this played at like one theater in Tokyo or something but (laughs) here in Nagano our choice was like Doctor Strange in Japanese Doctor Strange in English Top Gun or a bunch of anime yes That, that is true. So, yeah, our perspectives. I, I guess that's the mid-budget stuff in Japan. All that bunch mm. of anime, a couple of, you know, dramas and stuff. Um, yeah, the mid-budget stuff from the West doesn't make it to here. Is I it mean, right? Japan is kind of a big deal when they make a big-budget film. You know, because yeah. usually they're... In Japan, they still are basically mid-budget most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, yeah, the only stuff you see advertised at the theater is the stuff that's made specifically for teens. Mm. So you get a pretty terrible impression of what anime, a Japanese cinema is like. I feel like it's naked dudes, like, screaming at people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With dyed hair. <laughs> yeah, it's just over-the-top acting and bad jokes, basically. <laughs> Would that have appealed... I guess... Yeah, I guess if I was 15 and I saw that, I'd be that's, like... That's just American Pie, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's the level of cinema we have going on for uh, at least the previews in Japan. So. There is a film out at the moment which I want to see called The Stand. It's basically The Last Samurai but made by actual Japanese people about the real version of that character. <laughs> so I probably should try and check that out. Okay, yeah. That's worthwhile. That, like you mentioned before, though, it's kind of hard when you're living in Japan to actually watch Japanese movies because you have to watch them. <laughs> But I just, I just Japanese. want to see them chop people up with swords, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't care about what they're saying. They can just shout a bit while they're doing that, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> when you watch those, like, samurai dramas, apparently, even if you are Japanese, it's kind of hard to follow what they're saying. Because <laughs> they're using, like, old Japanese. 
So this movie doesn't really make sense if you try and adopt, like, Marvel movie language towards it, right? I mean, we've, we kind of set that out in excruciating detail. But if you were to take this further, how would you do that? Hmm. I think you would, it would have to be completely separate, right? I wouldn't go back to these characters. Okay. But you would just find another human drama story which could be interpreted in an interesting way if you went through a multiverse angle. I'd like to see a bisexual story about it. Hmm. Well, they, well, they were, like, uh, at least... Te- well, I mean, she goes both ways with her relationships in different multiverses, which I guess isn't quite bisexual. That's just- Oh, that's true. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh does. Yeah. yeah she's married to Jamie Lee Curtis in, one of, in the Hot Dog Fingers land. Right, right. <laughs> well, we, we don't see anyone else. Maybe males just don't exist in that universe. Well, okay. They got the hot dog. That's all they need. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you still be bisexual if you consider, like, multiple universes or... I don't know. Maybe in like, you know, I don't know. It's all a spectrum, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I was thinking about the spectrum. That's why I stopped talking to me, perfectly honest. Spectrum <laughs> is green. Bum, 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 bum. So, you, could you do, could you follow this without a Michelle Yeoh? Would you need her back? That's what I'm saying. I don't think you should follow this with a Michelle Yeoh. Okay. It would you be a different cast, different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you saddle it on a different actor who could handle it, or...? It would have really? to be a great actor, for sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, to pull it off. But, I mean, would you would you take a story focus or an actor focus? I mean, you could still focus on an actor and go by if you want. Yeah, both, I guess. Mm. Um, I guess you would want an actor who's got a lot of talents outside of just... I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'd see a Tom Cruise sequel to this film. <laughs> oh, I, I, my thought to yours was close. I was actually thinking of um, Chris Evans... Because okay. he's a dancer. He has dance moves. That's why right. Captain America moves so gracefully. Yeah, because, like, Tom Cruise could do... Here's the one where he's playing, like, his Magnolia asshole. <laughs> here's the one where he's just playing, like, some popular guy. Here's the one where he's doing stunts. Yeah, he could go through, like, some ridiculous, like, greatest hits. Whereas I feel like Chris Evans would be, like, able to take, like, a bunch of weird crap. I mean, we saw but a Snow, Snowpiercer where part, it's still clearly him, but it's yeah. a very different vibe. Part of what worked in this one, though, is that Michelle Yeoh is a bit older. Mm. So they can show a whole life. Yeah. Yeah, if there is a flaw, it's when they're showing young Michelle Yeoh. Eh, not convincing. Uh, it worked well enough. For it me. was fine. I mean, I, I mean, I'm like, what? How are you? What are you gonna do? You know, I, uh, it, it didn't like take me out. I'm just like, one probably because, like I told you, I watched a heroic trio too many times. Yeah, so you've I know seen what, too much of the real young. I, I know Michelle, what yeah. young Michelle Yeoh looks like. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of glad they just gave her a little makeup and just let it be, rather than try to fully like um, Jeff Bridges her or something. <laughs> Trump. Hmm? Tron. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it didn't take me out of the movie. So I was just yeah. like, she's clearly not like 25 in that shot. Yeah, but I mean, I still don't show you all watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 again, I, we're bringing it up now because it's not a complaint. It's just an observation yeah. uh, because of reality. Because of the <laughs> this this reality where we don't all know how to jump through multiverses and mm. have to deal with that. You know, time and shit. Shit and time. Shit and time. I enjoyed the bit where they were rocks. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was subtitled. A lot of this movie is subtitled, actually, even yeah. in English, yeah. <laughs> Help, I'm a rock. I know that, I, I didn't print my notes, but I know that was in it. Help, I'm a rock. I don't know, uh, you, you could say there's different levels of consciousness, like this table has some level of consciousness. Well, that's a very Japanese idea, right, is that everything has a spirit in it. My question is, once I smash up the table with an axe, Mm. Does that mean like the shards are now shards with shard consciousness? And the table had people, table consciousness? Yeah, when people do little cartoons of like anima, um, anthropomorphic food, 
I saw someone, he's like, so here's a potato. When I make fries, does each fry have a consciousness? Mm. So yeah, you can't really question that stuff. But um, like, they are getting more and more, like science is more and more the idea that consciousness is not something that's created by our brain, it's something that's accessed by our brains. That's what I'll say, uh, like your brain's like an antenna, right? Yeah, and like, in many ways, this table does have a consciousness. It's but then you could say you are your brain because the antenna, like, you know, mm. creates a resonance that is the individual you're acting as. But are, are there individuals at all, or are we all just aspects of one thing? Well, that's why I'm saying the brain is just a resonance filter, mm. and that makes the differences. Like, we are just the universe experiencing itself. Yes. Which is what this movie makes you talk about, and Doctor Strange does not. So that's yeah, why yeah. this one is uh, I feel like going in the groovy bin. If you're listening to this episode two years down the line... It's probably quite annoying how much we keep comparing it to Doctor Strange. They came out real close to each other, because makes sense. I now. feel like this is a film that someone will talk about in 10 years' time. And Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness is not. Right? <laughs> so they'll be weird that, like, oh yeah, when this film came out, everyone just kept comparing it to that Marvel film that came out the same year. <laughs> It'd be like if we went back to The Matrix and it's like, oh yeah, I was, I was watching some old Matrix in reviews from the time and they just keep banging on about Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we did that to you folks in yep. the future, but uh, that's that's how, I mean, you know. We, also, we... sorry that you're all underwater now because of all the fossil fuels we burned. <laughs> <laughs> Snorkeling's fun, too. Can you listen to a podcast while snorkeling? Does everyone just, like, float <laughs> <in the surface? laughs> Oh, are you, are you trying to do our plug? Uh, no, I was doing an underwater version of our podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I am thinking of daring you to do a plug that way. I mean, no one would ever find us on Twitter, but I'm fine with that. Okay. Where, where are we on Twitter? So is that us done? I, I guess we spent the whole podcast. We started the podcast by saying this film's great and go watch it. Yeah. I am interested to see how long this stays in the consciousness and if it is talked about in 10 years' time. Well, I guess I was talking about the, the Facebook folks. Like, they were like, I loved it, the best thing I've seen forever. And mm. Maybe it's because I hang out on Discords where there is a lot of follow-up discussion now. And on mm. Facebook, it's just like... Blah, blah, and then people click like the thing with the face holding a heart, and then right. and then it's finished. Yeah, <laughs> my mum mum mentioned it, and then asked a week later if I'd watched it yet. So she remembered it for and a week. She usually has terrible taste. Okay, <laughs> she liked Genesis. Well, they told you to watch Ready Player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. Right. They repeatedly told You'll me that I was going to love Ready Player. You'll love it. <laughs> it's got like every game in it. Yeah, <laughs> but again, yeah, this is this is to, like, the Marvel stuff, what Summer Wars is to Ready Player One. Mm. Whereas the version that's actually about the idea, not just using the idea as an excuse to repackage and resell you your nostalgic <laughs> memories. <laughs> <sighs> I, I'm almost, like, depressed now that I just sit here slagging Marvel all the time. They did a good job. Yeah, well, I remember when the f this, this stuff started coming out. As a comics guy, I was like, it's amazing, we're going to get an Avengers movie in a few years' time. <laughs> I didn't think the day would come, and now it's like, Oh, God. Wow, we're going to get a movie that's not an Avengers movie. I didn't think the day would come. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's just like, when, when do we say enough? And this, that's, that's I, you know, I was always almost ironically asking you, like, what the sequel would be, because why would you make one, you know? Yep. Uh, so you can take the concept, like you said, to yeah. do a different actor, kind of take a different tact and make something very cool. But it's obviously this is, I won't say obviously, I could be proved wrong, but... Uh, I'll say it again. Obviously, this is not a franchise film. So yeah, I do like and watch the Marvel movies, but I guess the Marvel movies are fine. It's just that what they've done, 
everyone else trying to scramble to copy them mm. has created a Maybe that's the real refreshing thing about this. It's clearly not trying to copy them yeah. at all. Yeah. And it still has some like badass kung fu scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just something, it's not even just film, it's just culture in general has become, reached a point of the whole recycling where it's like, it's not even recycling what came out 10 years ago, it's recycling what came out 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it's just a constant regurgitation. It's just, it's a two-headed snake and each one head is vomiting into the mouth of the other head. No, it's two two-headed snakes. One is vomiting into one mouth and then the other one is vomiting into the other mouth. It's like the human caterpillar of sma- snakes but with vomit instead of shitting. Do you mean the human centipede? Yes, I did. What did I say? Human caterpillar. <laughs> very hungry. You've mixed the very hungry caterpillar and the, very, the human centipede. Crossover movie. You, I don't think they were very hungry for what they were eating. <laughs> 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 if you enjoy this podcast you can find it on twitter at mlsfs pod or also on facebook youtube spotify apple podcast just search man luke sci-fi sanctuary if you want to hear other podcasts by me, made by me and matt you can go to patreon.com slash podcastius and while you're there you can throw us a dollar a month to help keep stuff online and please watch out for my upcoming children's book the very hungry human centipede hmm. Apes.